Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's, and by Heaven Hill Brands. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Fred here, and we're going to be taking a look back at some of my favorite interviews. Uh, in the next few episodes, we're going to cover some of my favorite interviews, and I'll tell you why they are my favorite. But I'm stepping away for a little bit. If you'd like to know why and kind of see what I'm up to, uh, make sure you check it, check me out on uh, social media. Uh, need to be there for my family right now. And so that means I'm suspending tasting operations uh, for the most part. And, uh, and, and we're looking at doing, we're doing some, um, the podcasting podcast one is just an amazing podcast partner and they are stepping up in a big, big way for me. And they are uh, actually producing the show. So they're producing the show for me and taking some past episodes, my favorite episodes and, uh, you know, recutting them, recutting them and uh, make them sound a little different than, uh, how they have in the past. Um, but, this week, the this week is going to be Jelly Roll. Now, Jelly Roll has since I interviewed him at Louder Than Life in 2019, he has just exploded. He has a number one, uh, you know, has a number one uh, rock, uh, you know, rock hit to his name now. And I'm glad the world is finally getting to see what I've always known about Jelly Roll. Uh, and that he's just an awesome dude. You may recall we also talked about Jelly Roll in my Yellow Wolf episode, but uh, Jelly Roll is just a—he's a great man. He's a great man, and you're going to enjoy this interview, uh, especially about the part where Jesus is riding a Harley, if you can imagine that. So enjoy this week's episode, and uh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts about it. But first, a word from our sponsors. 291 Colorado Whiskey aims to create a one-of-a-kind, bold, and beautiful Colorado Whiskey. Rugged, refined, rebellious. Distillery 291 is an award-winning small-batch whiskey distillery located in Colorado Springs, Colorado, nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak. Owner and founding distiller Michael Myers grew up on family farms in Georgia and Tennessee, across a countryside defined by rolling hills, horses, and whiskey. He set out to create a flagship whiskey that evoked the Wild West. A cowboy walking into a bar saying, give me a whiskey, and the bartender slamming down a bottle, a bottle of 291 Colorado Whiskey. Find a bottle near you at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Ride it like you stole it, drink it like you own it, live fast, drink responsibly. A stamp of authenticity, a commitment to quality, and a guarantee of transparency. On March 3, 1897, the Bottled and Bond Act was signed into law and an important part of whiskey-making history was born. Now, 125 years later, it's a tradition that Heaven Hill Distillery is proud to preserve. From simple pleasures like Evan Williams' Bottled and Bond and Mellow Corn to more rare finds like Old Fitzgerald Bottled and Bond, and Henry McKenna Single Barrel. Learn why Heaven Hill Distillery is the number one producer of Bottled and Bonds. Explore the history and requirements at bottledandbond.heavenhilldistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. And welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. This is episode two. We got a cool interview coming up with a southern rapper named Jelly Roll. Watch out, because it's going to get dirty up in here. But listen, I've got to tell you something. 
after one episode, I've already screwed up. As you may recall, before the interview with Lindsay L., I said that I had a pretty cool piece of trivia for you, and I asked you to answer on social media, and many of you did. Thank you very much for that. But I said that I would give the answer after the interview. Well, guess who didn't give the answer after the interview? Me, this guy. Good job. Good job, guy. Good job. You're a screw-up. Yes, I know. I screwed up. But listen, I do have some rationale, some reasoning as to what happened here. We did catch it in production right before we about we were putting it, uploading it to Omni, which is our podcast distributor system. And I reached out to my producer, Pamela Fur, and she was basically on her way to the hospital. She had this crazy virus, had a big time fever and wasn't able to sit down and, you know, and, and to add in the, the answer to the trivia. I tried to do it. And I got a text while I was in the middle of it from Pamela. She's like, do not screw up my beautiful piece of work. And so I decided to go ahead and take it on the chin for episode one. I did screw up. I did not include the answer at the end of the interview. And the answer, by the way, is President William Howard Taft. President Taft, when he takes office, he basically spends a good chunk of it studying bourbon. And the reason why is because bourbon was getting uh, copied a lot by by rectifiers, and they were slapping the, the term bourbon on a lot of liquors that were not actually bourbon. And so what would happen is, is Congress was getting uh, getting hit up by distillers, and the Department of Agriculture was getting hit up, and the courts were getting all kinds of lawsuits over libel over what was bourbon. And so President Taft decided to put an end to a lot of these things, and he gave bourbon its very first federal definition. It basically really kind of the, the new charter barrel is what makes bourbon you know, so, so unique. But President Taft is, is the reason why we have a federal definition, and for that reason he's in the Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame. Now, with that said, this is a whiskey and music podcast, so I'd like to share some uh, little music history of President Taft. He was a big fan of Italian opera. So how about that? And he would he actually had one of the new record players in the White House and he he was playing Italian opera throughout. So I thought that was pretty cool, but episode 1 other than that little snafu. Good job, bud. Good job. Yeah, yeah, I know, but listen, episode 1 really was a huge hit and I got all kinds of incredible feedback. So many nice things that people said to me. Uh, I'm just going to go to my Instagram here where people were commenting freely, like Juliana Valencia, who, by the way, is a reporter in the Washington, D.C. area. She said she subscribed. Thank you very much. And congratulations. Uh, It's already climbing the charts. How can it not? You're talking bourbon and music. That's right. This there's kind of like uh, you have, you know, music charts. There's iTunes charts. There's charts that you can track how well a podcast is doing. And there's a site called Chartable that basically spends a lot of time collecting data on podcasts. And we cracked into the iTunes art top 200 and the iTunes food category. We peaked at number 26. And if you would have told me that we were, were going to be in the top 50 at all, I would have been floored. I'd have been amazed. But to, to peak at 26 is amazing after one episode. But of course... I think it's all because of Lindsay L. Lindsay's such a fantastic person. I she was a great first guest. I hope you've been you've kept her in, in your playlist and you're playing her often. And I'll tell you that um, you know Dramhound he writes to me on Instagram as well. And if you're not following me on Instagram, go to go there and follow me. It's just Fred Minnick. Just search my name. I'm the blue check mark guy. 
But Dramhound says, uh, excellent opener, uh, perfect for my drive into this morning. And it's Taft, correct. He did nail that one. President Taft was the president who gave bourbon its first definition. But I thought Lindsay was such a great, such a great, great, great first guest for me. And she kind of set the stage. And this next guest is so much different. Um, Jelly Roll, well, <laughs> let's just say that uh, he's uh, he has a different vocabulary than Lindsay did. I'm going to tell you more about him. But first, here's a word from our sponsors. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to Michter's.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Jelly Roll's real name is Jason DeFord. He obviously, he uh, his stage name or his artist name is Jelly Roll. He basically, he's an American rapper who gets put in the category of country rap, country hip hop, uh, southern rapper. But really, I look at him as someone who's really hard. What I mean by hard is like you can feel like the the power of his lyrics and his the tone, and you feels like he. He actually feels the things he's saying, very similar to like how I felt about Eminem when he first came out. And I love, actually, I love rap. I think I've kind of fallen away from it in the last decade. But when, my roots as a as a child, I, I listened to a lot of Eazy E and Run DMC. And, you know, all throughout college, Tupac and Biggie were basically in my headphones constantly. But uh, for a lot of people, Jelly Roll is is up there as kind of like one of these rappers you can't live without. I mean, he's done stuff with like uh, Tech Nine. You know, Tech Nine is to me he's the, he's one of the top tier you know rappers that are out there, and and he's doing work with him. And uh, so Jelly Roll is big, both literally and figuratively when it comes to to music. Now I interviewed Jelly Roll in my trailer at the Louder Than Life Festival. Now, it's another Danny Wimmer Presents Festival. This year, uh, Metallica is booked for two nights, so make sure you're checking that out. You can go to louderthanlife.com to learn more about it. But Jelly Roll, is he, he brings a lot of profanity here. So if you're someone who is easily offended, if the F-bomb bothers you, if uh, someone calling out genitalia on a, on a very easily offend you, then you need to stop listening right now because this is a very racy conversation. We actually talk a lot about um, some heavy things. And more than once, uh, Jelly Roll said he was going to kiss me and he wanted to do drugs with me. And apparently he even offered me drugs on the set, but I didn't pick it up. But uh, Jessica told me after listening to it, she's like, yeah, I think he just offered you some gummies. So... 
That is uh, interesting. That is interesting. But again, if you get offended easily, you need to stop here and go listen to something else because uh, this is a racy, racy interview. And for whatever you do, do not listen to this interview with your children in the car. Do not listen to this with the children in the car. So if you're a child and you hear this, tell mommy or daddy to stop listening because you do not want to hear the words that are about to come out in this interview. So I hope you enjoy the Jelly Roll interview. But first, my hint for my trivia question is what major whiskey distillery hired someone to follow a famous musician around to make sure they always had whiskey? That answer coming up after the interview. And this time I'm really going to do it. Yeah, right. You suck. That guy won't get off my back. Um, Yeah, so after the interview with Jelly Roll... We're going to have the answer. Enjoy the interview. Jelly Roll, thanks for coming on. Howdy, howdy, Fred. How are you, Bubba? I'm fantastic. And let me tell you why I wanted, I really, really wanted you on the show. Uh, one, I know you, you are a deep guy. Like, you actually, you're a thinker. Right. I know that about you. And two, on your Instagram handle, you say you're an alcoholic. I am an active alcoholic and recovery <laughs> drug addict. People say it's such a contradiction. I was like, no, I'm off the hard stuff. I just drink now. I'm a normal human. I just do it a lot. So <laughs> I am a, I'm a really big proponent of drinking responsibly. Like by drinking responsibly, basically, you know, we don't drink out of the bottle, pass out every night, that kind of thing. Yeah. And we don't drive drunk, that sort of thing. The important stuff. They, uh, yeah. Everything else is open season. That's I agree. I agree. I like a tasting guy. and like having like a, having like a good time with your fellas and, and what have you. And um, you know, and I wanted one of the things that I think that can help us get there is like if we are tasting what we like versus just drinking. Agreed. And so I want to I want to take you down a journey. I want to take you down a path, and I want to give you what I think is the best whiskey that I have up there on my shelf for for your palate. Oh yes, dude. I'm first of all. Let me tell you something. You you don't have to talk me into drinking. I'm with you. <laughs> I would love to sip some bourbon with you. I was just giving the disclaimer, y'all, that I've drank a little tequila today for okay. my show. So I love that Fred is going to assure me a hangover tomorrow by switching me to bourbon now. And I'll now be drinking bourbon the rest of the night. So if my drunk ass is knocking on your Airstream later, it just flips you off and then says, I love you, Fred. Uh, It's your fault. But I'm being responsible. I have a driver. I I take full responsibility. And I like that. You're already thinking ahead. I'm thinking ahead, dude. Yeah, I love it. So this path really begins like with what our first drink was. What was your first drink? Dude, E and J, Brandy. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. I drank the 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 hurt you stuff first. I, it was cheap, and it was across the street from the liquor yeah. store, of the apartments we were drinking out of. And Irk and Jerk Brandy. I call it Irk and Jerk. I'm sure okay. it's not the real name for E and J, but to this day I call it Irk and Jerk. And you were like in a paper bag. You were, were you drinking it straight out of a paper bag? Yeah, it was a paper. You know, they, they brought the bottle. They get the big bottle. You don't get the big bottle for eight dollars ninety nine cents back then. Yeah. The big bottle. I can't believe I was doing that to my liver at fifteen years old or fourteen or whatever. I that was. is really young to be doing that. Yeah, totally. For for all intensive recording purposes, I was twenty one. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I was a young man, and I just started. You know, got into it. Now you're a, you're a tequila fan. What, do, is that what you drink when you're on the road? Per the cardiologist, I'm a I'm a bourbon guy. 
Okay. But per the, you know, I'm fat. So my cardiologist said I had to pick a struggle. I can't be an alcoholic and fat and drink a lot of bourbon. So I needed to switch to something healthier. And he suggested tequila. Uh, And when the heart doctor says, if you're going to drink, drink tequila, you drink tequila. But I'm a bourbon guy at spirit, man. I like that. I don't want to give away your counter, but I walked right in and seen the bookers. Yeah. And was like, well, hello. Yeah. We have real bourbon here, y'all. This is not a Jack Daniels party. We are drinking yeah. real bourbon. And we do have some Jack Daniels, but it's like a barrel that I would actually picked, and I think you would like it. If like you... a single barrel? Yeah, single oh, barrel yes. I picked. Yeah, mm. straight out of the barrel. No, mm. no You know, I'm from Tennessee, so Lynchburg's right down the street. Oh, yeah? Did you know Lynchburg, Tennessee is a dry county? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, there's a lot of Is it of like weird... that in Kentucky? Do you know? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, dry counties here. In fact, um, Is that all... where all the bourbon's made? Like, bur- I took Bourbon Trail once, but I was too drunk so to remember much So, bourbon is it. made throughout the country. It just has to be made in the United States. and uh, But it, it's mostly made in Kentucky. And uh, there's a lot of counties that, you know, historically were, you know, bourbon areas. Like, Bourbon County was dry for a long time. Right. And, they're, and they're just, like, repealing a lot of those laws. I mean, we're still... We're still we're still fighting 1935 battles in like uh, legislation here. Like people come and uh, protest alcohol using uh, Baptist, uh, you know, Baptist quotes. Wow! So, and they'll yeah. get you in the door. It's crazy. I mean, what do you and think? You know what Jesus's first recorded miracle was? Making wine. That was his first. I love. It. I want to kiss you right yeah. now, even though you have a beard. <laughs> I normally have a policy. I don't kiss guys with beard, but you could get it. And. uh you know, literally, his first recorded miracle was turning water into wine. Yeah, it's like I just—I think Jesus was onto something, y'all. I think you're right. Do you think he didn't he can... raise nobody from the dead? He no. didn't heal leprosy. He didn't do nothing special. I mean, the first time his mom was like, "Yo, you know, you got the gift. Put it on the line, dude." He was like, "All right, cool. It's not my time, but I got you." What do you think? Do you think he could have made bourbon? We're talking about Jesus here, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus could have turned that water into bourbon. We don't know if it got lost in interpretation. It might have been. It might have been. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't really know. You we know, don't, you're right about that. He yeah. could have. He could have made bourbon instead of wine. I know he made the party favor. Let's just be honest. He, what he didn't make was, you know, protein. At that moment, he wasn't like, you know what, grade A wagyu coming your way for this party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His mother didn't come to him about that. She came to him like, yo turn this into wine so you're you're obviously a man who's very grounded and understands like you know the southern culture and the connection to to religion do you think sometimes like the south takes that too far no dude it's like it's like anything in life right there's you know inevitably there'll be a couple of metalheads out here tonight that'll go too far right yeah and for whatever reason, that'll paint the picture for this whole festival to some people. Like, yeah, but it's that guy. It's a whole bunch of that guys. But it was really just the one dude that couldn't fucking do ecstasy. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, I think Christianity is the same way. Like, being in the South, we see more of it. Right. So we look at it like, oh, you know, but like when you travel abroad, like they just judge us all based on the stigmatism of the South by the few. It's always the few that end up having to publicly quote-unquote, you can't see me doing this, y'all, quote-unquote, represent the many. Right. And it's like, if you really met the many, you'd understand that we don't really represent the few. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's more dudes down here that believe Jesus would drive a Harley than people that believe you're going to hell if you don't believe in him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's more dudes that think Jesus would, you know, know, would literally be at this festival right now out there helping. Like, Jesus' heart would be the people that were out there dehydrating to find them water. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? That would be his heart. I don't know. That's my interpretation. You know what I mean? So it's like, I believe more people believe that than they believe that Jesus would be like, you're going to hell. You didn't say my name after you prayed. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, but I'm also with you in the fact that we get uh, kind of typecast. You know, the Southerners really do get kind of put in, in the basket of like, you know. I've had, I've had a lot of media today, and this is the deepest talk I've had so far for the record, and I love it. I just recently did a documentary with Chelsea Handler. Oh, yeah. And it was about white privilege. And they came to the South, and I don't share Chelsea's political views, nor do I share uh, the red states' views. I'm a anti-establishment guy. I guess if I had to be labeled something, I'm a libertarian. Yeah. I don't know. I'm learning this. I didn't know that was my thoughts until I started talking to a lot of fucking political people, which is weird to me. It's happening. It's always in my difficult life. talking to political people. Yeah, it's, they're they're crazy. They're not genuine people. No. So when they ask me what I think about the government, I'm like, I think fuck it. Excuse my loud. Am I allowed to cuss on this? Thing? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm, I think, fuck it. You know what I mean? So, and then they realize, oh, you're a libertarian. This is what they call me. I've yet to study this. But, uh, you know, I'm just kind of against the whole thing. But when she came down there, my whole goal was to show her that the, white, the, 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 the South is not full of white, racist, gun toting bigots that are Bible yeah. thumping, everybody's going to hell Christians that, you know, it's Trump or nothing or whoever our president is right now. I think that's him. I don't know. I don't keep up with it, nor do I give a fuck. You know what I mean? What I know for sure is the president has done nothing for me. Not this one, the last one, the one before that or 10 before that. Personally, the community I'm from, you know what I mean? So, um, you feel you feel more uh, tied to like local politics and state politics. Yeah, man. I just yeah, I believe in community. You know what I mean? Like yeah. let us, you know, everybody. Well, if you were, you get away from the government, what are you gonna do about the police? Well, I think we need them. You know, and I th- but I think you let the community come together, and it turns into a real peace officer. And by default, the guy who's policing the community looks and represent looks like and represents that community. And I think you'd cut a lot of bullshit in half. I don't know. I'm not a politician. It's not my thing. But it's just, it goes back to me. The whole theme was when I talked to Chelsea about this, it was just me being like, I just want you to know I'm, I'm not an educated man, but I'm not a stupid man. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people that went to school that aren't educated. And I know a lot of stupid people that are smarter than most of the educated people. Right. I know. You know, so. Yeah, we're, we're living in a little bit of an upside, upside down world right now. Right. You know, and the the community factor doesn't weigh in at all, it feels like, with what's going on in social media or, you know, people yeah, It's crazy. weird. It is it's weird. Just, it, the whole shit is fucked up. I don't understand it at all. And I love that we're louder than life because music represents the masses. They see it because they show up like arenas of people to watch it and share in this moment together. And I bet if I asked a political question out there, the crowd would then realize, oh, we don't have that in common. But they wouldn't know that if you don't ask the question, because the bottom line is what they have in common is this. And it's a lot more than what they don't have in common. My, My father was a liberal man. His brother was a conservative man. And they never talked about it, never argued once in their life. When I asked my father, especially recently and how crazy it's getting, I said, how did y'all figure that out? He said, well, we just decided earlier that we agree on 9,999 things. Why would we sit and argue about the one thing we don't? Well, I kind of wish that we could apply that across our society right now. It'd be a game should do. They should elect us, Fred. Yeah. You and I should, like, I don't know what we're running for or what party, but the fucking party 
we've officially we're announcing our uh, candidacy right now. That's right. I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, name the party. It's the whiskey drinking party. Yes. And I'm uh, in. It, that's something else that brings people together. So I think let's get to that. Let's start. Let me start nailing down your profile. Yes. Uh, you told me what your first drink was. What's your favorite food? Well, it depends. I'm bottled tequila in, so at this point, I'd probably eat anything but sweaty vagina. <laughs> but <laughs> and if it was my wife's, fuck it, bring that sweaty thing here, girl. But uh, I think that uh, if I had to pick a favorite food, I don't know. You got me stuffed. I'm trying to be a different human. The old, the fat jelly, which I'm still fat as fuck, would say Italian. Italian food. But I'm not a red wine guy, okay. obviously. But you know, so my dad just always took me for pasta and shit when I was young. So I was like, yeah, I fucking. You know, I'm a fat dude. I love bread and pasta. All right, so let's nail down the Italian. Is it like, uh, are you looking at something like really cheesy, or do you like the pastas? Is it the tomato sauce? What is it about Italian that's really? However, we can do it all. Yeah, I'm just a guy. You know what I mean? I'm an Alfredo guy. Stack the pasta up. Give me some good cheese, some good bread. Listen, Bubba, let's be honest, okay? I'm 400 pounds. You didn't get here by being picky about what you eat. You know what I'm saying? You didn't get to this point by having a taste bud. You know, it's like I used to tell people, my drug of choice is more. Same thing with food. You know what I'm saying? All right. I respect that. When people go, what's your favorite party thing? What do you got? <laughs> so let's do this. Let's let's look at, uh, let's narrow it down to the sweets. We all have a favorite sweet. Cookie. You like cookies? Love cookies. Chocolate My chip? cookie dealer, yes. Chocolate chips are great. Anything with peanut butter in it. I ate an Oreo like this. My cookie dealer place does this thing where they stuff an Oreo in their own specific cookie. Oh, dude, listen. It makes me want to kick my camera guy right now. So, and last, I say that because he's right last in front of me. question. Do you like coconut? It depends. Coconut's an acquired taste. Okay. If I'm hungover, coconut water with the pineapple, mm-hmm. I can fuck with. A little coconut cake whenever, you know, I'm feeling... Like I said, I'm fat, dude. You won't bring a sweet in here. I'll be like, just absolutely not doing that. Nope. No, no, no. All right. I mean, you can set Red Hots on this table next to Nower Laters, next to Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and I'll go down the line and fuck them all up. So there's a whiskey on that <laughs> table that I think is perfect for your flavor profile, but it's got a prominent coconut note in there that's like the uh, like the powdered sugar coconut, Ooh. you know? Yeah. And so it'd be like kind of leaning toward that coconut pie, coconut cream pie. So I can't explain how crazy this interview is to me, y'all. I just <laughs> listen. I, I want to paint a picture for the listeners for a second. There's a tent outside of here, and in that tent is like 50 media people, and it's pretty crazy. It's just like a shit show kind of. It's like a little circus mob, and it's fun. And then there is an airstream sitting outside of there that I thought was surely like the green room for the people that are important here or something. And I pull up, and there's this guy sitting here with a cabinet. I mean, an entire airstream full of... I can't... Look, I'm looking at Stag, a Stonehammer, or a Booker. Am I allowed to say this? Yeah, I'm whatever you want. I'm looking at Booker's, a Kentucky, a Barbell bourbon. There's a Bell Mead bourbon, which is a Tennessee bourbon, for yeah. the record. I'd like to point that out. We yeah. drink that all the time. Only thing I haven't seen yet is Blanton's. Uh, Blanton's is not here, but it's at my bar. I've got a bar here, too. Really? Yeah. See? And it's a, it's a barrel that I actually picked. It's really, really, really tasty. My man is, and it's like you walk in here and you have the deepest, most life. I feel like at any given moment, me and Fred are fixing to do psychedelics together. Yeah, this, this and could And this happen. is fixing to shift from a bourbon thing to us on acid talking <laughs> about our childhoods. 
<laughs> Listen, stranger things have happened for both of us, I no Dude, doubt. I'm, t- I'm going to kiss that beard, man. Yeah. I promise you it's coming. <laughs> you just wait. So my man Ollie here is going to grab us the uh, Grey Label Barrel Bourbon. Uh, it's a 15-year-old. He knows his bourbon. He's grabbed it. Oh, nope, oh. nope, nope. I, we got I them all scattered around. There it is. This is going to be. It's and going this to be has got the hint of coconut in it. It's got a hint of coconut in okay. it. Okay. And now, of course, these these flavors don't get there by people adding flavors. It's just like natural fermentation and or, or you know fermentation and then distillation and then aging and uh, oh, it's a good sound. And they I hope that fucking sure Mike captures it. <laughs> the this is a blend, and so blends have uh used to be like a used to be like a dirty word in american whiskey and then people started taking uh really good really good whiskey and blending it together instead of the bad stuff and um this right here actually won my american whiskey of the year for 2018 so listen y'all i want to make sure something else is clear that he might not be projecting to y'all the right way he said we were doing a taste test and he has pulled a 1.7-ounce shot here, I'm certain. It might be 2.2, y'all. I'm a little off today because I've been drinking. And I have no problem with doing this with him. But I just I don't want to let him paint y'all something that's not really happening on this show, y'all. Well, what I could do is I could pour it back in the bottle. Did I pour you too much? Maybe not enough. But <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure the listener didn't think we was over here going... Yeah. Oh, that's quite tasty. Thank you so much. Like, no, he's really getting us drunk. I don't know what his marathon looks like today, but if anything like mine, I'd like for me and him to do this again at 11 o'clock tonight together and see how we sound. <laughs> that could that could be a good show, like pre, uh, pre-bottle of bourbon, uh, yeah. post-bottle of bourbon. Job was, um, <laughs> we're live. Libertarian. <laughs> Fuck the government. <laughs> this so, mine, y'all gave me a water? Yes, sir. Yes, sweet. sir. So now, what I want to do, Jelly Rolls, I wanna I wanna talk about like how like how I taste. You taste however you want, uh, but I'm trying to like, you know, get people away from taking shots of bourbon. I feel like if we sip, we can savor a little bit more. And we actually taste more. Okay. You know, if you sip a lot, I mean, it's the equivalent of taking a shot. So, yeah. um, so first thing I like to do is I like to look at the color because when it goes in the barrel, it clears the water from your tap. And you just swirl it around a little bit, and it's and that's art, you know, like what you're doing on stage. That's art. What what's happening all across music is art. So is whiskey. This is like its own version of art. So how long have you been into like connoisseur whiskey? I've been doing this for about 14 years. Wow. I um. God, you started when you were 10. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I started in my 20s, and it okay. was uh yeah, it's kind of kept. I was a, I'm a writer, so this is my magazine, Bourbon Plus, and I started writing about it, and then I wrote more and more and more, and then books, and then, and I started working with Danny Wim Presents to put on Bourbon and Beyond, which is our is a sister festival to to Live Yo, last Live. weekend, right? Yep. I believe I'm going to be one of the first artists that'll touch them both. I'm sure maybe many of ours. I would love that. I think it'd be great. I think it makes sense, man. I'm a Southern boy. I'm from Tennessee. It's kind of country rock rap. What I do anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. You, let's talk about that. Well, I know you're getting sal- salivatory here, but I, we, you're getting into the music side. And I wanted to bring this up: is that there's a lot of fusion happening in a music right now, yeah. And you're a you're a big part of that. And like, I think the uh, Little Nas like Old Town Road is a is a really good example of like how how the public is reacting to this fusion of music. And 
I don't think anyone really saw it coming. Dude, it was like, I think it's been happening behind the scenes for a while. Not even like on the music side, like in the culture. You know, I think when streaming came about, it changed the playlist. Mm-hmm. You know, me and you, let's let's not tell our age here now. Let's not tell too many secrets. But we was in the CD era, right? Yeah. You put in a CD and you had to listen to the CD from song number one to 17. If you want to hear another CD, you had to pop that one out and put that one in. Right. You know, it wasn't a choice of, you know, mixing them up unless you made your own little mixtape, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like now it's unlimited mixtape space. So it's like... It's not rare for me to go into my daughter's room and her be listening to Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, Mm -hmm. and then literally, she's 11, and then literally go downstairs and I'll fiddle around and come back up and the kid is listening to like Old Town Road. Wow. You know what I mean? Like It's like, because she grew up, I'm her father, so obviously I've made her learn the classics and appreciate them. Right. But equally, she's her own kid, so she's finding her own things she likes. She turns me on to bands every now and then. I think it's cool, you know? And, uh... It's just completely changed. And I think because of that, it's kind of enabled what we do to kind of be more accepted. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, cool. Just because, like, dude, there was a time where, believe it or not, I believe this in my heart, way many, many moons ago, that you couldn't consider yourself a Slipknot fan and an Ice Cube fan. Yeah. It just was not socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. Or you couldn't be a Guns N' Roses fan and an Ice Cube fan. And we're probably an hour away from Ice Cube taking the stage. Yeah. One hour before Guns N' Roses take the stage. Yeah. On the same stage. Yeah. That's incredible. It, you're, you're right about that. It's It's been happening. Cheers. Cheers to, cheers to the changing of good cultures coming together. So you do like a little sip and a swish or just a swish? I like to smell it first. So I smell it, pick up, you can kind of like pick up the, the, the what you might be tasting. Mm-hmm. And when you smell it, you smell it with your mouth open. So open just a little bit, and you pick up more by opening your mouth. Well, you get a little of taste just, with the smell. Exactly. Yeah. And that way, you don't also beat up your nose. You yeah, know? no. You got you to gotta keep that nose. Keep that nose ready to smell the next mm-hmm. one. And then just put a little bit on your palate. Well, it smelled like a bad decision, <laughs> and it tasted like sweet child of mine that's pretty good feel great you know what's crazy was this the one with the coconut i feel like i didn't taste the coconut until yeah you know it it does have a little hint of coconut in there but it's like the most it's like when you taste good marijuana you smoke Nope. no okay so we don't smoke but i I, I actually i don't okay I, i smoke cigars but i don't smoke marijuana it's like weed like you know the weed tastes good after you blow the smoke out. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was yeah. one of those, like, after I took, when I took the shot, I was a little harsh because a shot of bourbon. I've been tequila all day. And I was like, even now, almost like can taste the little hint of coconut in my palate, yeah. which makes it tolerable. Yeah. It makes it tolerable in a way of, like, I didn't, you see my water. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, you know, normally I would swig the water. But right. I, like, I don't know, this might actually work. So let me tell you the proof on this. This is 105 proof. All right. So it's packing a little heat. We're dancing in dangerous. Uh, we're dancing in dangerous waters. Cheers to that. <laughs> Let's come back on a little later after uh, you know the night is concluded, and we'll find out where we are. 
but you promised me you wouldn't kiss me because I have a beard. So just remember that. I've decided to kiss you with the beard, man. Yeah. <laughs> I have fell in love over here, okay? Now, you don't, you don't take that from me. I deserve this, all right? Right on. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you got some other obligations, but it's uh, been a real pleasure having you. I would literally hang out here until you kicked me out. If y'all, if, I swear, it's like the coolest place I've been yet. Thank you so much. Brother. Yeah, I. You know what? You're like like everyone's told me. You're a really deep guy, and I love that about you. And I feel like we're gonna have some more conversations. We're gonna figure out the world's problems, dude. I, I do. I believe it. It scares me. So where are you actually from? I'm originally from Oklahoma. Okay, what part? Uh, Oklahoma City area, and okay. then I, I moved here after a tour in Iraq, and uh, wow. married the woman who's my wife. How long y'all been together now? Uh, 12 years, and she's outside somewhere. Oh, dude. Yeah. Dude, my wife, my daughter's here. She's in the trailer. Okay. And my wife would have made it, but she's moving my mother. Oh. So, poor thing. That yeah. is we hard got work. Me and the daughter got the Rock and Roll Festival, and my wife got my batshit mother. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm saying. No, seriously, man, thank you for having me, though, brother. Cheers, I brother. the conversation. My Absolutely. father, the reason I asked, my father used to call it solving the world's problems. It's right. I'd have a night, and I'd wake up hungover, and he'd go, that's all right, Jason. Did you solve the world's problems? You know, I think about that now more than ever. God rest his soul, he died March 20th. Ah, I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, I think you'd like that, don't you? I would actually buy some of that. I'll send, I'll send, I don't have any more of that to give you. I'll pour some in a cup you for you. You scared I'll, me with I'll the send coconut. You, I'll send and then you, it actually really came through. I'll, uh, I'll connect you with the, with the distiller. How often do you get dead on with people? That's crazy to me. Um, pretty, I have like, there's only one artist I haven't nailed. And that was, um, uh, Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips. Wow. Yeah. But everyone Shout else. Shout out I, to Wayne, you fucking enigmatic puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. He, he, <laughs> he was, uh, what he did, he was like, his, his whole reaction was like, yeah, I'm not getting that. I'm not really tasting anything. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, some people that happens, they can't spirit is hard to nail down if you don't drink spirit yeah you know if you're a wine drinker yeah you can't you you really yeah. it's, it's a different palate no so good finish this thing off thanks again to my my new best friend jelly roll i love you fred you, you can find him <laughs> you can I'm find him for the beard, fred. all over the place in instagram Spotify, this guy's everywhere. Cheers, brother. Thank you, brother. Cheers. Won't you pray for me? Pray for me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Jelly Roll. Of course, you can go back to the archive and listen to other uh, episodes I've had with uh, musicians. If you like Jelly Roll in that same camp, uh, Yellow Wolf is is very very similar. You know, he's in that same genre and does hip hop. Uh, you know, southern hip hop also is in the in the rock game as well now. So go take a listen to that uh, Yellow Wolf episode. I know you'll enjoy that one. But Jelly Roll, make sure you're listening to him. He is, he has the gift. He has the gift, and I do believe you're going to see it and hear a lot more about that man. He's, he's a man who overcomes things against all odds. But his music is pure. 
He is just an incredible dude. But that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, hit me up on social media. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, write me on fredminnick.com if you'd like to get a sticker. Just hit me up, fredminnick.com, hit the contact button, and send me your address, and I'll send you a sticker of the Fred Minnick Show. Give us a like while you're out there on the in the podcast world. Any kind of review or like that you can give us, it helps us with the algorithms. But that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Be safe out there. And remember, remember, take care of one another. Cheers. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's, and by Heaven Hill Brands. For more information about Fred's books, articles, podcasts, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.